0: Before we start, please
1: enjoy. In the room
2: and on the screen. Lot sick, gentlemen, has here at 69 million. Salvatore Moody. Catherine Van Beltrand. Selling it here. Selling here. Selling. Million. Going one. Fair warning. Last chance. Going twice. It's all. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. I go, why wouldn't you want that? Yeah, and so some people, when they want to do this amazing thing, this idea that they have, and all this other stuff, it's like, dude, right here, like you can. Comics is like the easiest way to do it. It's uh, easiest and the hardest way to do it, because it it also takes you a whole day to draw a page, a yeah. page that somebody's gonna read maybe in fifteen minutes.
2: I see what you're saying though. Like the easiest way in terms of like you technically just need a pencil and some paper. Yeah. Right. At at bare bones. Yeah.
1: And even now, more so than before the internet. Because before it was understandable, because if you're going to go print a comic book, mm-hmm. it means you either at least did photocopies that costed money yeah, or you went to printing that costed money even more. And in a market that's really fucked up, you know, might not make your money back. You know, you might not be the Ninja Turtles like that's like one of the all stars that ever came out of there, among other. That was the black and white revolution in the 80s. So if you wanted to look at that, you know, now you can open a Tumblr and put your comic on there. Yeah. And there's people that have done that made, uh, open online store. And that's what they do for a living because they have like a hundred thousand people that will read their comic every time it comes out. That's amazing. It is. Why the fuck? Like, so what's the complaint? The only problem is content. How do you make it? You know, and that I can understand. That's the one part where I'm like, oh, okay, because it, it takes time. Yeah. You, you don't go out. You don't fucking go see a movie. You don't know what the new, you don't binge watch anything. You know, you don't fucking watch any TV shows. I, I don't know what the fuck is going on half the time. Yeah,
2: you're busy. You're, your face is in, in your work, basically.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, like people tell me, like, I oh, you hear about that. I'm like, no. <laughs> fucking, I don't know what's going on anywhere at any time. Uh, that, I think, is where people are severely lacking. Like,
2: I think you've always been good with that, though. Like, just simplifying the idea of get, just get it done. Yeah. Like all that complex shit is good. But like, how do you simplify and and, and and it's not
1: that I'm like immune to it? I I fucking suffer it. There's stories that I've had in my head for 15 years now that I want to do. I'm like, I'm going to go do it. I have like folders on my computer on, on my Google Drive. And I look at the and I'm like, dude, the first image that I scanned was from 2004. Yeah. Like I've had all these sketches and drawings and ideas and writing and either on notepad or Google docs or what have you, that I started writing this, this bit of dialogue, this bit of a, an idea and and the idea like, Oh, 15 issues from now, this happens to this character. And then this happens. And I was like, dude, you haven't drawn page one. Why do you have all this shit? And so I understand having all it, but doesn't mean you don't work on it. Like you don't do a little bit. I know one day, it's funny, me and Annette were having that conversation on the way over, and I, I, I told her, like, I think I could live another hundred years, and, and I, I'm not going to fucking have enough done. I'm going to be like, fuck, <laughs> more time, please, yeah. you know, like. I need 300. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Like, if somebody said, you're immortal now, I'd be like, oh, no,
2: like, I'd be like,
1: fuck, I can finally have the time to do all the shit I need to do. All right, cool. I'm going to go do that. That's the thing. and And it's a lot of it, man. It's a lot of it.
2: It's funny, though, but a lot of those projects that you still haven't done, they're already started, though. Yeah, they are started and they're they're not even in your head They started and they
1: ended like the endings written out. Like everything is written out. Like I have 30 issues of this one comic done like this is done in my head. I just have to sit down and draw it. Yeah. And now that's the reason why I'm like fathoming now trying to gather other people and finish my work, like do my work. Like, this story, I'm working on this one comic strip with uh, Kenny Calderon. He's one of the guys that's at the studio. And we were talking about it. And we just started talking shit. And I always wanted to do a comic strip. And we are calling it Office Unicorn. And it's literally this guy at an office. and and, Because we're both fans of The Office. Mm -hmm. So we're like, all right, we think that's funny. We like fucking around with it. We want to do a comic strip that's funny. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to do this. And the whole thing is one day the guy's working on his computer. His boss comes and goes, hey, you have to show this new guy around. He looks at the guy. It's a fucking unicorn in his underwear. Like, why the, f- what the fuck? Like, why is this guy here? And then like nobody else sees this guy. He's like, oh, it's just yeah, it's Joe. Like, what, what are you? It's a unicorn. Like, you don't see. Anything. And where that was a whole joke. And the thing is, somehow he's the only guy who can see him, mm-hmm. and he's undercover in this office. And the whole thing is, like, magic is run on the m- mundane. Uh-huh. So offices, those horrible dreary offices, are actually farms for magic. Like all that mundanity, they take it out and they source it in this other world to use it That's for magic brilliant. and we are just and that was just me and kenny laughing and talking shit yeah so i go this is awesome i can't say it's like my idea me and kenny but i go this is a comic strip i've always wanted to do something that we can explore shit use as a platform to fuck around with and you i go it? four panels like we were like we had to do a discipline like we had to do like this is the square like four panels ba da da joke ba da da joke like we were like all right this is it. and then somehow in that there's a story yeah. And we're going to, we were like already like, we're going to like, okay, 60 fucking pages, you know, to a 10 page opener for everything. And then every week there will be a new thing. And then so for 52 weeks that, that well, it was 62. So it would be 10 pages, 52 weeks, 52 weeks of comic strips. So we have one year, boom, we're done.
2: It's it's already laid out. Yeah. All you need is the,
1: is to sit down and draw it. Yeah. And, and the main thing is for me and Kenny, Kenny does a lot of freelance work. I do a lot of shit. So it's just me and Kenny having like a couple of, we were at, um, the African American Research Library and Cultural Center up in uh uh Fort Lauderdale and um and uh we were there for a con, a really cool con. So we got to sit down and talk shit the whole time and make jokes and you know and and get a lot of stuff done. And it's like we just need another three hours like that. That's all it is, like three hours to do this, three hours to do that, and we can make it. And that's like
2: one project that I wanna do. Those are good. Those are good to have like that. Because when you do get to work like when, when it's like okay, open up that file. Now it's time to work on this. Mm. A lot of that difficult thinking is done already. Yeah. Like it's just yeah. like oh easy. This is a good layout. Yeah. But and enough time has passed and now you see it with fresh eyes also, and it's like oh that's really dope. Oh, that's and really and good.
1: humor is the hardest shit because yeah. it's either funny or not funny. And it's I feel like sometimes 20. when you write down a joke, it just like you just, just you, you 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 know those bugs like those people that collect bugs at bu- bugs and they like. Insects And they like Put a pin through it Yeah Like you killed it yeah. Like to display it Yeah That's what I feel like When you write Like you a were joke Like here's a joke It was funny And now I'm putting a pin in it And we're repeating it And repeat, And it's horrible So the set, like if you're on set And you're doing like When I've done films And it's like funny And you do the same joke Five times Because you're trying To get the joke right By the fifth time You hate that fucking joke Like you this is, it, I, 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 I could care less Now I don't give a shit Let's just Let's cut Go I'm gonna, Like Go Damn. to the next one so that's the only thing
2: that's, I guess. Yeah, that's how comics you're dabbling in comic and in, in comedy also. But that's like yeah. having a set, I guess, when they're done with their set, like they don't want to hear it ever again. No, right?
1: no. I mean, well, in comedy, the thing is, is that if you end up there's a reason why, like, some people don't like filming in comedy. Like if you're doing a stand up and if you go on Mondays to Red Bar or Tuesdays to Sweet Caroline's, you know, these are these open mics and we go there to fuck with jokes. And you're not going to see good shit. Um, JJ and Kathy came to one. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, you came on a weird night. Mm-hmm. People are just going to do weird shit. They're trying out jokes. And my, like, hey, let's see what happens. Because you kind of join in as an audience. Because sometimes you just you literally see guys opening their iPhones and reading jokes yeah. that they wrote. And some people are horrible. So bad, it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, so bad. <laughs> this guy made, like, incest sister fucking jokes for, like. Oh, five minutes God. and we applauded him because dude, the first joke didn't land and you still went with it. For like you didn't let minutes. go for five minutes, which is forever on a stage. Yeah. And I had to follow him afterwards. And I'm like, thanks man. This is going to be easy. <laughs> like yeah. You made incest jokes for five. And it was funny. I laughed. I was laughing on the side, looking at him on stage. I'm like, these are actually funny, but people were just not having it. It's not the crowd. You know, that's the other thing you have to understand. So it's like dating. Sometimes it's not. There's no chemistry.
2: Everything has to be right. Yeah. Everything has to fall in place yeah. to, for you, I guess, for you to crush.
1: You gotta be hungry to eat. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like if I come over, hey, here's a plato, and look at this food. And you're stuffed. You just ate somewhere else, and you just see it for you're yeah. like, doesn't you matter know? what it is. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't but matter see, oh man, and I put this in front of you. You're like, oh shit, yeah. Oh my god, it's so tasty. That's the, the perfect spice. So. Uh, especially Brickle, because sometimes like when you're doing comedy in Brickle, you don't know what crowd you're gonna get. You get these tourist crowds that are excellent. Sometimes we had these Swedish guys, like they're Swede and Norwegian, mm. they were here for a heavy metal cruise that they do. Yeah. And they were just hanging out there drinking. Having fun. And we were just fucking with them the whole time. And I'm like, they're good sports, cause they're like, Yeah, this is great. Comedy show, you're making fun of me. That's great. Like they're drinking. And, and these college girls that were there, that were great, but then you have like the Brickle crowd, the day traders, these other people, and they're just like, meh, like why make fun of me? You know, like don't Aww. talk to me. And you're like, ah, why are you here? Yeah. You know, one time it was so bad. There was a show that I was like, man, what the fuck is wrong? It was Sweet Caroline's and we're like, man, people are not laughing. Like, and every comedian. And I'm, like, in the back watching some of these comedians. I'm like, dude, this guy's kicking ass. There's a guy named uh, Seabass. He's an amazing comedian. This guy, the other guy, Rudy, amazing comedian. All these guys, funny as shit. I'm laughing. I know their material by now. And I'm like, I keep laughing. And I'm like, oh, shit, cool. And then I go. And then one comedian, he actually asked a question. goes, where are you from? Ukraine.
2: Didn't understand.
1: And they went to the next guy. Where are you from? Norway. And like, oh, shit. These are all, like, tourists. And what was funny is we also noticed none of the racial jokes, they would laugh at it. Mm-hmm. They had black guys that would come up there. like mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, shit. You know, like and they wouldn't laugh. They wouldn't laugh. But if you made a sex joke or a politics joke, they would laugh. They're like, Oh, what do you think it is? That was a cultural thing. It, there was a cultural uh, thing. They were like, this is not cool to laugh at. And we're like, dude, we're making fun of ourselves.
2: That's why it's funny to you. Like yeah, I'm yeah, making yeah. fun of,
1: like I was having jokes about Hialeah in Cuba and shit like that. Go, I'm fucking Cuban Mexican, so I can make this joke,
2: fucker. You know, like. They probably just see how insensitive like, it is. That's, like, they don't that's get horrible. That's bad. It. that's
1: bad. Yeah. Bad. And you're like, oh, this is just a bad date night. And there was a comedian there. God, I forgot his name. He was actual road comedian. He does show running. He Like, this is a guy a working comedian going on the road doing mm-hmm. shit, right? And he told me this is uh, some fucking heavy lifting in here. Like, this is a good place to do comedy. I go, really? Why? He goes, bro, if you can't, if you can make this place laugh, shit, you're gold really? because he would tell us about clubs in Atlanta and these places. Like you go there and the fucking crowd wants to laugh. You fucking adjust your shirt and they're laughing. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, this is great. This is a great crowd, man. And then there's other ones that you're ready to throw fucking beer at you. <laughs> you know, like, you're like, Bro, oh, God. More
2: power to you, man. That is fuck, yeah. that hard. to me that's, is
1: that to that me is takes... my ultimate hobby. I, I always, I make the same joke every time about, um, you know like when you got when you turn 40 you have your midlife crisis some guys bike you know fucking cars some people like date younger <laughs> chicks i decided to tell dick jokes in a dark room to a bunch of strangers you know i think that's better than going off the deep end on, on the other shit because you yeah. start wondering about your mortality and the only thing that comes to my mind is like i'm more worried about stuff i said no to than stuff that i've said yes to you know like i would rather take a chance and this doesn't do anything what was i going to do on a monday night Yeah, You know, I could be working on my comic. That's the one thing. Like, I haven't... I canceled the improv last week. I was going to be at the improv because I had to work on a bunch of comic book shit this week, that week. And I was like, what's my priority? I had to, like, think about it. So, but comedy to me is is my go-to. I get happy afterwards. Like, we were talking about it, and uh, I, I, I do it, and even if it's a good show or bad show, I do my five minutes, and I'm fucking... Like, I'll go on at midnight on a Tuesday, you know, Tuesday slash Wednesday morning. Yeah. Get off five minutes. And I'm literally like, all right. I say bye to everybody really quick. I'm like, all right. See you next week, man. All right, cool. That was a great set. All right, cool. And I'm asking, getting my Uber and getting, going the fuck home because I have to be up at six in the morning for work the next day. Yeah. And I go and I won't go to sleep till 1, 1.30 because I've recorded my performance. I'm listening to it where people laugh. I start making notes. I can't help myself. And I start analyzing it, and it's then work. only then I'll finally go to sleep. Mm. And the next day, I'm thinking about it, and I'll, but I'm elated. I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, that was good. That was a good show. Or, Bro, that fucking sucked. That was so bad, you know? There was, uh, you know, I had a show where somebody, she didn't heckle me, but she was just drunk. <laughs> this lady was drunk, and she was just eating shit, literally falling off the stool drunk oh, then these two guys, but making all this noise. And the guy before me, I think he was in town. He was a Chicago comedian. And yeah, I remember he was from Chicago and he was not having it. He just started going off on this chick. Like he was just like, you fucking slut, blah, blah, blah. This and that. I'm like, oh, my God, man. he
2: was really pissed. Like he wasn't because was, she wouldn't was... shut
1: up. And she would just, you know, and, and they were just going off on it. She he was going off on her. And I was just like, and he got off stage. And the guys that were with her were kind of pissed. And I got off stage was like, wow, like and he was a handsome guy. So I was like, man, handsome people are fucking mad. <laughs> like, I don't know why you would go after him. And I went on stage and I was doing my act and everything cool. Minute one, minute two, everything cool. All of a sudden, she starts her shit again. And then I had to turn around on it. And I go, yeah, you can't not address that. It gets and, worse, right? You know, and the thing is, is that... Pat Oswald said this once, and, and and I'm paraphrasing, but it's really, really, really indicative of the artist. And, and, and this is in any field, but it, he always said, look, I'm here for me. Everyone else is here for me. I'm holding the mic. Shut the fuck up. Nice. You know, and it's true. Yeah. Like, I'm the one holding the mic. I have control. Fuck you. So it's not about you, you know, and you and you'll see people like fucking complain and be like, oh, because it was her birthday. Oh, because of this. Oh, because of that. you're like, dude, that has nothing to do with it. You don't understand that this guy waited a whole week to have those five minutes to be on stage.
2: Yeah. Five minutes. Five minutes to, do, to come on stage and minutes. tell his
1: fucking jokes and you're fucking it up. Yeah so that's the thing too and I, and that's where you again it, it's analyzing because in the end of all the arts and, and the stuff that i've done i think comedy is the most honest to the point fucking thing everything else is subjective yeah it's either you fucking laugh or you don't laugh yeah i had that argument about like dane cook or something and people were like oh dane cook sucks i laughed i can't say he sucks he
2: was on fire when yeah, he was, he on, was, fire, he was on fire. He was fucking hilarious. He's fire. fucking funny. He's funny. He, did
1: he get overdone? Was he in everybody's face with too many people doing his bits? Yes. then people even that he, he, he stole some jokes. Okay. Is that what
2: happened with him? Is that what happened no, with like, this whole uh, downfall? His
1: big the thing was his brother fucking robbed him. Like a half brother of his was oh, his business manager. Dude, millions of dollars, dude millions of dollars. Look at it this way. There was at one point when they were doing like, cause he was like one day he was like, he let his brother handle everything for like Mm -hmm. 10 years. Oh man. And like he was having his business manager and he was like, Oh, whatever. And one day there was just signs that he was like, Oh, this is weird. This is weird. And he, and he goes, Hey, you know, I need to look at the financials and shit. He goes, yeah, sure. So he grabs some paperwork that he gave him and he goes to like bank of America. Yeah. To the bank. And he's like, Oh, I need to get access to these accounts. And they're like, None of these are real. Like none of these, they don't come up. And he's like, what are you fucking talking about? And he started going through it and little by little, they found out little by little. And he had made fake statements. His brother had made fake statements, like fake, like beautifully well done statements. Yeah. Yeah. And he had funneled millions and millions of dollars away from his brother. What a dick. And so like, that was the whole thing. That's like, I tell him he's actually back now too. I think he's trying to make his money back now. Yeah, it got so bad, look at it this way, that the federal agents, because FBI got involved, went to the, the brother's house. And after they broke a wall, they found like $80,000 of cash in the wall. That's how far that his brother was that. stealing shit from him. There was eighty grand in the wall that he still couldn't get access to. Like, after they got it, they had to process it, go through it. And and, and Dan Cook had to still answer to unpaid taxes and shit like that, that the to asshole the state, didn't pay. to oh like the federal say which he had to then kind of pay. And then later on, they said once he got convicted, they were like, oh, OK, we know you're not in fault. Here's your money back. So yeah, he luckily, didn't know that he
2: was in it, too. That type of shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's an and it's still
1: proven guilty. You know, this is the, the legal courts and everything else. Wow. So yeah, when I heard I was like, fuck, no wonder he went away for a bit. Like and the thing is, it was family, you know, because that was like it was his half brother, brother, whatever the fuck it was. So his half brother and his wife were involved. That's and, some
2: fucked up out of everything back to
1: But you know, I by the same token, who the fuck lets? you I don't let anybody handle my fucking money. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't have that much money to handle, but yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like Yeah. You know, even with a significant other, like after a while, you know, I understand if somebody's managing it. Yeah, but you would look at it. You'd be like, "All right, what the fuck?"
2: Oh, okay. Even right. more, yeah, even more to the point now that you have a limited amount yeah. You don't let nobody fuck with it. Mm. The more you have of it, the more likely you'll be like, Hey, let me, let me take a look yeah. make sure everything's right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like, i
1: was like, eh. I, I, I don't, I don't feel that bad for Dane cook. You're right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I look at him I'm like, yeah, yeah. Cause I, 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 I told people sometimes too, cause they, they, they come to me asking me about businesses and I hear about people that want to do this. They want to do that. Cool. And then they ask my opinion and I'm like, all right, cool. Let's talk about it. And, I tell them, like, to me, a business partner is more intimate than a fucking sexual partner. Like, yeah. Like, than, than a wife. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you could, because they love you. So there's that, there's that cushion. And so they're like, oh, baby, as long as we have love. We have business. Is business. Is dick dick. <laughs> like it's, it's business. It's dick to dick. Like, it's business. It's business. And money is money. Yeah. And people fuck with my money. I'm more sensitive about my wallet than my dick. Like, if you grab my dick, that would be one thing. If you grab my wallet, that's a whole other thing.
2: Isn't it? isn't it fucked up though cuz money is just resources. Yeah. You would you would act the same way if if like there was low food mm-hmm. or there was like low water. Yeah. Like, those are your resources. Yeah. Like you wouldn't just oh yeah here you know yeah. come fucking piss on my pond and like mm-hmm. no no like it's like yo money's just resources. Is it paper do you deposit it as it numbers on your fucking laptop or your mm-hmm. phone Yeah. But at the end of the day that translates to resources like
1: yeah. what you can or can't do.
2: Yeah or what you can and can eat. Yeah. Whether you have shelter, whether you don't have shelter. Mm. Are
1: you going to go home to an efficiency? Are you going to go home to a five bedroom, four bath house? You know, are you going to drive there? Are you going to Uber there? Are you going to bicycle there? Are you going to skateboard there? Are you going to walk your ass there? You know, there's a whole other, those are the echelons. And those, those, those things have to be respected. And, but that's like, I'm, I'm never like, Oh, money is nothing. It's on illusion. It's like, it's effort and everything else. It's just that there's ways of cheating in the game now. That not, I think not just now though right like oh it's ever? always ever? been in this so but now more so than ever I mean Why? we first off well first off if you live in this country we you you won the lottery yeah you know like because there's other countries where you can have whatever Ethiopian dinars let's say you have ten thousand Ethiopian dinars and there's places in Ethiopia that doesn't mean shit mm-hmm. a loaf of bread is worth more than that because mm-hmm. even if you had the money. There's no food there. You have the money. There's no water. That money's not going to give you shit. Yeah. So that's where you get the savagery of, well, I can take shit from you. I can take this bamboo stick and break it over your fucking skull and I'll yeah. take your, I'll take your bread. And, and how about that? Yeah. You know, um, uh, going back to comedy, but pan, I used to have that joke about like, you know, I want to get fit because if the po- you know, with Trump in office, like if the post-apocalyptic Mad Max world happens, I don't want to be like chubby, like <laughs> fucking the fat guy that's just going to be fucking fucked by all the marauders. Fuck. <laughs> like, you know, and he's like, oh, I was trying to get off antidepressants. That was his whole thing. Because in the apocalypse, are going to be no antidepressants, you know. I, know. So I don't want to be the guy that's like, well, I don't even care, man. You just fuck me in the ass. I don't care. No <laughs> like, pharmacy, no nothing. No, nothing. So then again, so you, you get into a situation where you're talking about um, – you know, resources, that's the thing that you wanted. Mm-hmm. So, again, you're here in this country. You have all of that. You have that. There's bread in there. There's food in every corner. I mean, you can make an argument about, you know, food in mm-hmm. Seven Eleven If it's food, okay, it's artificial shit.
2: But you won't go hungry. That's how much food there is. That you yeah. can make an argument of which is fake food and which is real yeah. food.
1: Yeah. Nobody, was it? Nobody mm-hmm. in Africa is uh, gluten sensitive, you know? <laughs> like yeah. No one's mm-hmm. like, you know, like, oh, I can't eat that. That's not yeah. it. You it's know, an abundance it's, yeah. an,
2: it's so much of it that they could sneak in fake food. Yeah, that's how much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And and people will sit there and complain because they can't. They, they you know, because when people go 20 minutes out of their way to get this burger because they want to eat a burger from this place, you know, it's like you, you have these options now. Yeah. And if you're broke, it's like this is what you have. This is what you can eat. That's it. You know? Is that too, too? So yeah, resources are are what they are, man. And we can't, you know, argue that point. Now, how it's divided and how that anybody gets anything?
2: Grab your phone, cause it's uh, it's vibrating oh, off on the table up? every time it vibrates. Oh, what the hell? Okay, I, thought
1: I, was, I had it like off. Oh. Okay, do what I'm telling you. You piece of shit. Okay, phones. Well, yeah, man, but.
2: Yeah, you yeah. can't really argue about whether you should be taking care of your resources or not. Right? Yeah. Like, you're,
1: Yeah, you, that's yours. It's like yours. You that's to. your, your you know, um, what was it? Even in the animal kingdom, it's like one of those things where it's like they, they when they talk about the watering hole, all these different animals, predator and prey are fucking drinking from the same space. Yeah. And they were talking about even like these alligators kind of like sit there and they kind of let them. Like they let them drink because they all kind of know like we can't fuck this up. There's a drought. We all have to drink water. We don't, we die. Mm-hmm. If I start killing motherfuckers, you won't show up anymore. Then I don't eat Then I don't eat. So mm-hmm. we know like this is, this is weird. It's a neutral ground and they know it because they know there's only so many resources. We're all going in the same way. We know the rules because if what of you fuckers start limping or getting slow, you know, there's some motherfuckers back there that are gonna take you, right? Yeah. Like that's the way it is. Yeah. And I think there's—it's just funny because then people look at that like some kind of majestic beauty, the circle of life, kind of Simba bullshit that it is. If we had to live it, we would be fucking crying all the time because you wouldn't want to live that. But that's the base reality of things. You that's can't keep
2: up. Nature is cruel. Yeah, you, you can't you keep think up. Fuck you. Or not, Yeah, it's irrelevant to nature. Yeah.
1: You're going to say, oh, no, because, you know, we'll give it the This is where culture and humanity comes in. You know, as a culture, you know, we have the saying of, like, you can judge a society by how it treats. It's old and it's young. You know, that to me is the big fucking deal. Like, that's that's huge because we're 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 saying this is this has value. You know, other Buffalo or I think it was water Buffalo or the the American Buffalo are Mm -hmm. like famous for pushing their elderly off cliffs. Really? Yeah. Like, they, as a herd, will push the old, the lame, the sick, off a cliff to die. They get rid of them. They get rid of them. Because you are slowing down the herd. Plain and simple. Fuck. And, I mean, that's, that's, to me, a very particular thing.
2: You don't think people do the same, like... In terms of resources, right now, like if oh, you have yeah, if you have a small amount, I mean, like you you get pushed out to the outskirts. We live the outskirts in the state the of Florida,
1: which is like the elderly abuse capital of the fucking world. Oh, you fuck. know, you know how many like that last hurricane that some uh, I don't know how many viejos died in a home because there was no AC, no anything. They just closed them up with all the shutters and everything. They couldn't even open the door. This is how bad they were. So like three or four died from heat. That's
2: horrible, man.
1: You cooked them in the fucking house. Oh, my God. And then to me, it was so funny because then there was this idea of like, oh, well, then the nurses or the practitioners, they, you know, they should have been held liable. And then they're like, well, what the fuck are we supposed to do? We had to go to our own homes to protect our family. and protect. But I mean, I think there's just a humanity there, a lack of humanity there of not taking care of these people.
2: That's what and stuff.
1: so, again, that's how we judge it. We should judge a society by that. What are your things? You know, look at kids. We look at those school lunches, how bad they fucking are for them. They're garbage. I, I, it was so funny because I didn't know. I, I mean, I always knew school lunches were shit. But when I was a kid, there was always at least I'd be a high, like stirring a pot. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, all right, somebody's cooking. It. It's not great. You know, it's not home cooking. Yeah. But it's something and you know now it's, it's it's fucking practically lunchables you know like it's like practically the most processed base shit that you can like you scrape off your fucking you would not eat this if they gave it to you like, here as an but adult you wouldn't eat what
2: it the, that's what adults are eating too though well like what the fuck you think McDonald's and Burger King <laughs> Oh and, that's and the thing, again, think? I think there was what a what whole I, there was too.
1: a whole bit that I wanted to work on that I was like, when are we going to get to the point where fast food insults us?
2: What do you think Pizza Hut is delivering to your house, bro? They're not right. delivering fucking...
1: It's funny. I had the wings. The other day. I had the wings the other day. They're really good. I actually had the stupid wings. We had they a, taste uh,
2: good. None of it tastes bad. No. Obviously. It's all it, it,
1: fat. It tastes mm. good.
2: It's designed yeah. to taste good. Yeah. yeah that's not... that not make it and be like, oh, let's make it well, taste shitty. No. Because
1: it's also based on the fact that, look, we still have, no matter how advanced we are, we're... It's like imagine you have like a 1998 Packard Bell and it's running fucking, high, you know, what is the latest OS X like Sierra mm-hmm. or something on it. It would it would explode. Mm-hmm. It, it couldn't handle it. That's how we are as human It'll beings. Melt. It'll <laughs> melt. So that's how we are as human beings. We're still Neanderthal bodies. Like where our models are a little bit past Neanderthal, Vascromagnon passes. We're still, I hope you know, Homo sapien is still like Windows 9. <laughs> like, you know, we're like OS. You know, so, some, of, some of us,
2: some of us, but more nah. than others. Right. Yeah, yeah,
1: but yeah. even our digestive system our sexual drive, our, our, our nervous system, everything, how it works is still based on this whole thing. So fat, right? So when you get fast food and you get fat and you eat it and you go, mm, "This is so good. Fat came from animal fat or certain things. We didn't have deep fried anything back then. Yeah. So when you had that, there was a spike of dopamine in your fucking system and you get high, you get a high from eating these things. But what did you need to do to get it? You'd have to hunt an elk for three days and spirit with nine other fellows because of their tribe. So you can bring it back and drag it and then eat every single part of that animal. Yeah. And use every single part of it. And if you got that sliver of meat from all everybody got every piece of meat. right. Here's yours. Might get the big one because you were the hunter. You eat that. You're like, this is fucking delicious. This is amazing. You get that. And that's it. One the time you were eating grains, you're eating berries, you're eating,
2: you know. Anything. And that's Anything how you your digestive
1: eat. system yeah. was for hundreds of thousands of years.
2: You're probably eating random stuff just to see if it's edible. Yeah. Right? Like, just, I know, let me see. If, yeah, me it looks blue. blue. It looks like.
1: They're, uh,
2: right? Yeah. Which I'm sure, it's, it seems that we're talking in the past, like, oh, but I'm sure there's people today in the world that are doing that shit. Yeah. Well, you know? that's the classic
1: like, test. Like, that's a Boy Scout test. Like. It's in the manual or something like if you have a berry and you want to eat it, but you're not sure you grab it and then you uh, lick it and wait 10 minutes. And then I think you take a like a small bite and then wait 30 minutes. And then the last part is eat it. And then and if you have no effects, uh, then it's safe to eat. Like that was like the way or something like that. Then you die. But they were like, <laughs> I think they took it out because like the other thing. Yeah, because the other thing was like, don't do that to mushrooms, because even if there's mushrooms, I eat like a piece of the cap, you're dead. Which is amazing to me. I'm like, I'm, I don't know how people eat mushrooms. So many of Wild them, Wild mushrooms and yeah. shit. But, um, but yeah, dude. I mean, the, the thing is that we're working on a model of that's so old, so fucking out of date. And then a Ruffles potato chip. No, the motherfucker in a lab coat made that shit. Yeah. He sat there saying, how do we make potato chips better? You can't have just one. That was the classic thing. Yeah. Why? Because the salt and fat in that. It's such a high dopamine. It's up there like cocaine, man.
2: They're betting their business on it. Yeah. That, that's a, They're model willing is the like, yo, we're mo- betting our the, business on yeah. it. We're betting the whole thing billions I, of dollars on it.
1: And I bust a fucking potato chip bag and it cost me nothing to make. What is a potato? What is it to fry it? Especially in a manufactured instance. It's nothing. Yeah. So you're talking about, and then that ruffles, that's a billion, billions and billions of dollars. Because easy to eat, it's easy to access. It's right there. You're you're waiting in line at any convenience store, any place. You're getting gas. Look over. There's a bag of Ruffles right there.
2: They're everywhere. Chips are yeah, everywhere. 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 Where they're where everywhere. can you not find chips? Yeah. yeah.
1: So that was the thing, and and that's it. They, that's how readily. Okay. So going back to the conversation about resources, this is how many resources you have. Yeah. The food is being thrown at you, everywhere you go.
2: Yeah
1: like you have all the options that was ask them, like fat when when I look at fat fuck american kind of like ideals and and that and that kind of thinking I'm like and people are appalled by it. I'm like what did you think was going to happen like we're not spartans we're not this disciplined high end society where we think as a no we worship laziness not doing shit you know like the getting out of it, like, if you have a job that you don't have to work that much and you make credit crazy, you're successful. Mm-hmm. Like, we look at the worst base shit and we worship that. We, we This is what we want. We look at it as somebody that has, like, a lot of celebrities, people that have no fucking talent or know anything, but they have enough publicity. We worship that. Yeah. We look at yeah, certain ghetto of, but shit. But that's,
2: that's also not, that's, like, overgeneralizing it, too, though. Yes, uh, yeah. is, is dominant or prominent, but that's not. Oh, I don't think that's
1: a baseline for everyone. But it's just one of those things where I just just sit there and, like, everybody just wants the most easiest, cushiest way out. And there's no, you know, when they talk about the greatest generation, there's Mm -hmm. a reason why they're called the greatest generation. Who's that? And that was World War II. That was, like, pretty much Uh. era era before the baby boomers. And they were the guys that went through pretty much the Depression, World War I, World War II. And they were talking about those are the generations that, like, the depression was a real fucking thing in this country. People don't yeah. understand it. Yeah. There There's are lines of people waiting for food. You wouldn't fucking do that. If people did that now, they would go fucking riot. Yeah, They would riot. And yeah. people were moving across country. You know, imagine, hey, shit's so bad, I have to go to fucking anywhere else. I got to go anywhere else. And where? I have no idea. I'm just going to go ride this direction yeah. and find out if I find something that's worthwhile.
2: That's the reality of the yeah. world. Yeah. And yeah.
1: that's the reality of all. Yeah. A lot of places.
2: We're just not there. Yeah. No, we don't have it. We have We're just options. not there. But that that doesn't mean that the world is not there. Like what? Yeah. how we live is not how the world lives. No. At all. No. Which no. Which is crazy. We're it's like,
1: fucking running water, man. Running water is like the most amazing shit in the world. Go anywhere where, you know, we know from our countries of uh, where we're born from, you know, or where we've been, where our parents are from. I remember in Mexico, my my grandfather had an outhouse. Yeah. And you go outside and you take a shit in a hole. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I, like I was five years old, going, this is barbaric. Yeah. Like this is fucking barbaric. That shit was natural. Yeah. That shit was like, this yeah. is how you take yeah. a shit. Yeah. Like, wh- yeah. what do you want something else? Like, <laughs> I know. Like, what's up, like, fancy there's, pants? There's, you know? It's like, okay, this or over there, out in the corner. Like, what? <laughs> Wait, what do you like, want? Which yeah. one do you want? There's no option.
1: Yeah. And that—that's mm-hmm. what we don't realize. Mm-hmm. That's what we don't realize. We're babied. We're we're weak in a certain way. I think there's a lot of weakness in the, mm. in, the, in that. I, I, I guess
2: if you want if you want to be though. Yeah. Because you're, you're not oh. forced to. Because it goes back to that. The, there's an abundance of everything. Mm-hmm. So, can you buy into that? Yes. But you could also be like, hey, I could run at seven o'clock in the morning. Right? Oh, and like there's an I, abundance those are the people of running advantage. shoes, and then there's paved roads, yeah. and then, okay, I don't have time to run at 7 a.m., I can run at 10 o'clock at night, because, like, I'm not going to get jacked by a Jaguar, and everywhere <laughs> I run is, like, yeah. lit lit up. Yeah. Obviously, is there areas where there's more crime than yeah. others? Yes, but. Yeah,
1: no, no, that's totally, I, I told you, like, South Florida, one of the things I always noticed growing up in Miami is, like, we're a really well-lit city. And I because when I've gone to other places, like I lived in Chicago for a while, lived, it's amazing how many places are just dark as shit. Yeah. And then later on, they're like, oh, because they found the dead jogger over here. I'm like, yeah, because where else are you going to kill him in the light? This is the great place to kill people. Like yeah. you start seeing these places like this is a perfect place to ambush somebody because you have no a lot of places are like that. Like yeah. uh, with John, uh, the other owner of a uh, creature, like we've traveled to a bunch of cons and he's always surprised about shit. Cause we'll go into Baltimore and Cleveland and these places like the Rust Belt. Yeah. And I'm like, and he's like, I can't believe these places are like this. Like they're so fucked up. And like, da, 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 da. I'm like, yeah, yeah. motherfucker. Like, why do you think people come to Miami and yeah, go, yeah, yeah. wow, this is nice. Paradise. This is green. Yeah. You have grass and shit. You go over there and it's like dead trees with crows in them. You know, like, yeah. like, yeah, check it out. Like, I remember the worst thing. I think we both fucking were in shock. We were at Baltimore Comic-Con and we're walking back to our hotel room and we looked over and there was this alleyway, long alleyway between like the, the hotel and some other place, uh, this other building. And I see these three like garbage bins and I look at it and I'm like, I look at it, and I go, John, is, is the floor moving? And he goes, <laughs> what? And he looks at it, he goes, Oh my God, those are rats. No. And I look at it and it was just so many rats. Cause it was like a Chinese restaurant there. And I guess they dumped the food in there and they were just coming in and out like a city. Like it was just, and it was just undulating, like that's how many rats there were. And I was like, oh, hey, fucking rats, man! Yeah, healthy rats, rats. Yeah. big old like not mice, you know? Like, like hello, you know, city rats cheese. Rats that like, are like they're like, hey, how you doing? You know? Yeah. Like, just, yeah. like, they have a part time job and smoke my boros. You know, and yeah, shit. yeah. Like, that guy has a social security number. Like, mm-hmm. he drives a cab during the day. Like, that's, uh, I was like, what the fuck."
2: where was this at where what city? you guys have been around baltimore a lot of places baltimore, yeah so it's like how many cons are you guys doing a year
1: well now we're low now we're down low because i would think do maybe three to five a lot of like guest appearances and like places that we're like do pop-up shops that's a lot of that like again i did that african uh, american research library and cultural center arlac if you ever get a chance it's on cis boulevard it's a beautiful library people were super sweet super awesome this guy trey he ran a really cool show i was really happy to be there and it was cool to be part of something because yes it's african-american and there were african-american artists and writers there mm-hmm. working on comics but like i was included too so it was andre Labrada, who's another artist that works with me and kenny calderon and it's cool to be like latins also there too like that's great like we're, we're, we're all different cultures, let's partake. And I got to meet like some Haitian artists and others, and it's cool to meet them. And I'd be like, oh, wow, they're fucking doing shit. Because that was like always my vision with zombie years. It's like, yeah. oh, wow, like there's Haitian, Cuban, Latin, Caribbean, like all this shit happening in Miami. That's fucking great. Like, like let's take advantage of that shit. You know, so I wanted to see that more. And that was, that was really cool. So those those are the projects I like to do. But with the conventions every year, We have always like New York Comic Con is our main one because that's just the best con to us. And then every other year we do San Diego, which is the big show. But this year we're not doing it um, because it's a media show. It's Uh hard.
2: It's tough.
1: It's doing those big. It's hard because you're trying to sell your product and there's people in line to get the exclusive whatever the fuck, you know, and you're trying to sell a T-shirt and you got like HBO next to you shooting T-shirts out of a cannon. You know Fuck. what I'm saying? It's like, how do you, you know, how Sony you compete, online right? entertainment. One time we had a booth and Sony online entertainment literally was over us like this, like, like literally curved over our booth. And then like that went up and it said Sony online entertainment, Holy, you shit. know, I mean, it's just like, it's an event. It's Mecca. I always tell people you should go once to go see just it just to see it. Cause it's such a fucking display. Um, like, When AMC was there and they were promoting Walking Dead, they took the house from Walking Dead from season two and they built it in the middle of the con. Uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, Weta was there with a booth. They had the trolls from the life size. They had like a a smog's head, the dragon life size. Like they had huge things like um, Ghost in the Shell. They actually had the body mannequin of Scarlett Johansson in the suit in a case to look at, you Amazing, know, man. the swords, everything. So it's an experience. You go there, SciShow Collectibles. They have the statues. They're huge, three foot tall statues that are for sale. And you're like, who the, who's going to buy this shit? And you'll see guys walking out with eight or nine of these statues at 2,000 a pop. Like they yeah. don't care. Like they want to buy the fucking doomsday, whatever the fuck. So it's worth it. And then uh, as far as the industry goes, everybody's there. So you go there and anybody who's a name or any big company, You know, Dark Horse, McFarland Toys, Marvel, DC, all those, like, you will see them there. Their presidents are there. The editors are there. Like, this isn't like a rinky-dink comic. So you go there, and I can talk to Mike Richardson from Dark Horse. I can go and talk to Neil Adams, who's a comic book artist, Jim Schreiber. They're there, and they're like, hi, like, what's up? Like, you know, like, Mike Richardson, I didn't know. He created the mask.
2: Thing. I was like, oh shit,
1: I forgot, he created the mask Like he got that made as a movie you know? To, was,
2: you, you, Did you get to talk to him? Yeah, to actually
1: That's the guy I told you that I was really proud of the fact that I think it was New York Comic Con actually We talked about someone in San Diego And we always say hi to each other And the one cool thing he ever said to me he goes, oh, you know, we're, who are you with? Or, oh, we're Creature Entertainment It's like, Oh, you're that Miami comic book
2: company Amazing And I was like, fuck
1: yeah like, I was just like afterwards, like, that made the whole trip I remember coming home and telling my girlfriend at the time I was like, what? this motherfucker knows who I am like you know like like, that's enough like that was for me and he started out look at Dark Horse that's huge right that's like and look at Dark Horse's history Dark Horse was originally a comic book shop and he decided to make comics
2: what if your like shirt just said Miami and he just like (laughs) look I know right like oh Creature (laughs) Entertainment Miami comic book company He's oh, just, just like, reading my shirt. He's just like a quick thinker. Shit. Oh,
1: believe me, every time something good happens, I'm like, "Who paid for this? <laughs> this is a gift. It's like somebody buy this for me." Um, but yeah, that's the thing. So that's why you do those shows because you have to show up. You know, Neil Adams said it to us, and he's like, "I like you guys. You're the you're the guys in the in the trenches. You're in the trenches. I see you every show. You're always doing stuff. You're respectful. You talk to everybody. That's how you should be doing it. You know, uh, he sees the hustle. Yeah, got
2: probably like that old school hustle too. Yeah, like that." grinding it out like not yeah i a tell ditching. him i
1: tell him stories about my dad being about uh, owning a body shop and he's like yeah that's how it is like don't fuck around like you show up you do the work you get it done like there's no and you know going back to what we were originally talking about you show up do the work get it done like there's no every, substitute for it right yeah there's nothing else it's it's you're gonna sit there all the time and think about it and think about it and think about it. that's fine and, you know, and, and it, it stretches into everything. It stretches into everything. I guess if it was a philosophy, I would say that, like, dude, this is permeates everything that you do. But it even happens to me when I'm working out. Like, I work out now, and I'm, like, doing stuff. And there's times that I'm like, dude, I'm at 165 pounds. You know what? I did, you know, I'm doing reps of 20. I'm going to go to 175. I'm going to do a rep of 20 on, uh, of 10 on that. I'll say, oh, just do 10 at 175. I'm dying. This is like my fourth or fifth rep. Yeah. My arms are trembling. I'm like, fuck this. And I'm doing it. And the whole time I'm arguing in my head about doing 20. Don't do 10, do 20. You did four sets of 20. You're going to do the fifth set of 20. That would be great. Cause you'll do hundred. That's like my, my point. And every yeah. time I go to the machine and I'm like there and I'm arguing this whole thing. And I'm, while I'm doing the way and I'm counting. I'm counting out while I'm doing it. And I'm already at 15, 16, 17. Like, I'm, like, trembling. My arms are, like, hurting 18. And I'm still arguing about doing a versus 10 versus 20 in my head.
2: Yeah, like, that part of you that wants to give up and the part of you that's like, fuck you. But no sometimes you can up. have the conversation.
1: Like, you can have the argument in your head. You're going to go do it anyway. Yeah. Because in the end, it's me in charge. I'm telling my body to do it. Yeah. My body can just tell me the most critical feedback. I'm like, almost like, okay, body only when something's breaking like a fucking like tendon snaps off or a muscle breaks or a bone, then we'll, we'll, we'll pull down. But until then we're going full steam ahead and it's the same thing. There's times that you say in a project, will people like this? This is what happens to artists. You look, you're in a painting. Will people like this? Will people
2: understand this?
1: That's two different things.
2: Completely different things.
1: That's two completely different mm-hmm. things, and and that's I think where a lot of artists, a lot of yeah. people who want to be artists, anybody starts or stops.
2: You think those are irrelevant as well? Not not on all facets, but maybe for painting, like will people like this or will people understand it? In terms of like fine art, like maybe if you are making comic books, yeah. like it's, it needs to be a story. There is mm-hmm. a certain way to tell a story, right? Well, like a successful story.
1: Again, in art, what happens is what you are saying this is important, no matter what art it is. Yeah. No matter what, it, if you're doing a dance performance, you're an actor doing a piece, you're a mime, you're a comic book artist doing a story, you're, doing, you're saying this is important. If I say I want to do about the trials and tribulations of Sarajevo and I want to do a comic book about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's, they're okay. There's, there's documentaries on Sarajevo. There's uh, movies on it. There's, you know, novels and books. Why would a comic book go beyond that? and because you will relay something in that existence and how it's perceived and how it's ingested that makes it important that's different it's that's your gonna, take
2: your take you, bring you know? your you bring your own flavor to yeah. it
1: yeah and and that's where a lot of things are and i think for artists it's that big thing of like will people like this will people understand it i think that's the biggest thing and some artists that they, they are want people to like it they don't give a shit they want people to like it and they don't care mm-hmm. understand it to hold it and the opposite people, they want that people to understand it and they don't care if they like it. And, and, and it's, it's, it's a weird balance. I think that's a question I pose to myself even now. And even now I get paralyzed a little bit. I get like, sometimes when I have these painting endeavors that I really want to do, I sit there for a long time thinking about it. Like, Oh shit. You know? Cause I look at my time and so fucking valuable. So I'm like, all right. And if I move this way, if I do this way, well, dude, do that's a whole day and a half two days gone. And I'm doing this, and I'm not doing anything else, yeah, and I'm not saying it's badly spent, but this is the product I have left, you know, and what knocked me out of that was doing uh the Jose Marti show I did for City of Hialeah for mylander mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and it was one of those things where I really didn't want to do it, and it has nothing to do against Jose Marti. I think it was cool, but I felt like it was a cop out, okay, you know me, I'm gonna paint a portrait of Jose Marti like that's the that's the most remedial elementary school shit in the world but Mm. i was itching to paint something yeah i've been itching to go and paint something i was like yeah my brushes and the paint every day but to me it's like it's something that if you do you do it right you don't fucking eat shit you go every day and you do and i was like all right and i just went for it and again as i'm having the argument in my head about whether or not to do it i'm doing it and I'm still thinking about it. I'm still thinking about, man, I shouldn't even submit anything to the show. And I still did it. Yeah. Because it was a great meditation to do something and just to get my hand moving. And just fucking around with techniques and doing different stuff and everything else. Cause
2: what did you do that for? You did that for? A
1: whole MRT. Like, for um, a school?
2: For something? for
1: for It was the city of Hialeah. They have Mylander Park actually has a gallery uh-huh. inside. Um, the first floor is beautiful. And I actually have had a lot of really incredible gay... Uh, gay artists, Cuban artists, Latin artists, all different types, all Hialeah-based um, show there. And they've done these shows. And they'll, what they'll do is pretty much make a theme.
2: And like, it's, a f- it's a gallery by the city? like a city Pretty gallery? much by, by really? the city
1: gallery, by My- Mylander. And it gives a chance for different artists to show their work and everything else. Like, How does that space look? Good? It looks good. I mean, it's hallways. You know, the, okay. the, the space is, Mylander is actually very nice. They have that brand new building and everything else. So they have like a very nice uh floor plan with like a second floor and there's convention but the outside they cover with art so it works really well
2: Hiale- you think Hialeah? Well, i don't think hialeah has like a, like it's moved towards like more art in the past years right yeah. like big time like actively yeah,
1: actively that's uh, that's Car- that's uh carlos hernandez the mayor that's yeah. that's carlos i've i've talked to him and and he has been somebody that's like, cause it, it comes down to the same thing, like, like Hailey has grown up so much and it's grown and it's gr- and it's ridiculous, it's bursting at the seams. Now. Such a big city too, man. It's a big fucking city, mm-hmm. fourth largest in Florida. Such a big and, city that means and that growing, growing. Hey, and the, hey. and fastest growing, largest, um, and I think most, I think we make the most shit out of all the state of Florida like the most manufacturing centers and everything else it produces a ton produces of shit. a ton of shit. Yeah. And so there, the whole thinking is, is that, and then and I, I always say the same thing in the late nineties. And I would say early, mid, early to mid two thousands. And then in like 2008, 2010, and it happens every, it's almost a five to seven year cycle, but it's a cycle of the brain drain where everybody gets the fuck out of Dodge. And, and Miami had a lot of that, but Hialeah had the most of that and mm-hmm. a lot of people moved to New York, moved to LA, moved to San Francisco, moved to a b- bunch of different places. People, some people stayed where they weren't. Mm-hmm. And that's when there's like LA, there's little places that you could call little Hialeah because there's a bunch of Hialeah people and like Silver Lake. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? Like, mm-hmm. Why are they, you can hear it too. Like you hear the pilone, like you smell the pilone mm-hmm. being made. You're like, what the fuck? Like you're from and, Hialeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at Atlanta, there's like, my brother moved up there now. And there's actually like a monthly group that gets together that are all Cubans. They live in Georgia. Yeah. And they come from different parts, from Lawrenceville and from this place and from Athens and everything. And they all go to like these Cuban restaurants and they like, you know, have little meetings like to hang out and just talk shit. And it's like Cubans from like New Jersey and this and that. And there's a Hialeah contingent that's there. The one thing is from Miami. Another thing is Hialeah, you know. So anyway, so you have that, that brain drain and these people that come in and out. And then what happens? The people that came back, they saw shit. It's like I've seen good shit. I've seen good public transportation. I've seen museums. I think that happened with um, the girl that owns, I can't believe I forgot her name, but uh, Fre- Fresa Francesca. Yeah. Uh, she, la- I think, went to L.A. to study cooking and this and this and that. And That place is guy. so good. And it's really good. Oh, my
2: God. That place you know, is so good. It was
1: good. really good. Yeah. Me and I went the other day, and and it was really good. I, we had something like, I don't know why people are like, oh, it's expensive. I'm like, dude, we spent 40 bucks and ate really well. Yeah. Like, she had a salad. I had, like, something. I had, like, the medallions of beef or something. Fucking amazing. Whatever really she puts on a plate. I was like, that we were all fucking, good. we were, like, super happy. Like, we were super happy with the meal. So... um. Yeah man So, so I they
2: bring that back You're saying like They bring some of that Like yeah, they, they see they bring it somewhere us, yeah. bring, bring some of that to And that's what Hialeah. happened
1: In Hialeah a lot, a lot Hialeah needs people. a
2: museum A city museum
1: <laughs> That right? would be something Why but not that, It's I big think, enough I just said that I think it's, it's We're not far Because what's off.
2: the closest Museum downtown Like what's, what's the
1: Yeah I mean You know The we Perez don't. But that's Miami Yeah Miami Where there's no Hialeah Museum of yeah. anything I mean, uh, maybe it has his
2: own hospital. Curtis
1: Mansion, as far as if it, it's an aviation sort of museum or historical spot, really, but not a museum. That's and like the only place. Yeah, because it has like the. Some, Who's some, in charge
2: in the city, you said?
1: Uh, well, Carlos Hernandez. Oh, there the you mayor. Go, Mr. Hernandez. <laughs> Just go up to him. We should make a museum. He's like, okay. No, in I the I sale. think they, he's pushing for that. He wants a city, He, he he's pushing for zoning and everything to get more people he wanted uh, a pretty much a hialeah city walk he's pushing for hialeah, the leia arts district he's pushing for the hialeah arts district which we're part of he's pushing for those things but he can only push so far like i've even had it with other people no. and and you know, not for nothing, but we, we had that when, when, when I was working with you at the gallery and yeah. working with your neighbors and working with your community and it's, ying, ying, it's for a bitch and a half it's hard. and he's seen that happen too. And I've been at meetings where I literally look at people and go, what do you, what do you want them to do? Spoon feed you? Yeah. Like wipe your ass because Give you everything. they gave you enough. If you can't maneuver, but this is the one thing that is the problem. And I always say the same thing. Artists are bad marketers. Artists are not good marketers. Mm, not all the does. time. The ones that are good go far. But most artists aren't. Most artists, that's how like, um, they need to have. And this is, you know, like I was telling before, the the people in art, the people that are in charge of art, we were talking about, or I started talking about, like I was t- thinking about it the other day, and we we're talking about like critics and curators and galleries and art fairs, like where are their place and everything. You know, like a curator to me...
2: But do you think in today's day and age, you could still rely on that? Like, we live in the future, man. Mm-hmm. So if you're bad at something, not not like you're not great at it, but if you're, like, bad at it, really mm-hmm. bad at it, and you don't get better, it's because you don't want to. <laughs> because, like, with, with the amount of resources, of information, like YouTube alone, mm-hmm. right? Before it was like, oh... If you wanted to learn something, you got to go to a library, pick out a book. If it was there, if it wasn't there, then you have to need time to read it. Then it all depends on how much you could, how much of that information you could retain after reading it, mm-hmm. right? And then putting it in practice. But now YouTube, like.
1: Oh, yeah. like, And if, that was Google's if, plan the whole time.
2: If you have chicken yeah, and then you're eating or you're cooking your chicken incorrectly, it's because you want to. <laughs> you know?
1: Or you don't know any better. I mean. This but that's a- the
2: thing, though. You could just on your phone, on your tablet, on your TV, any like you could fucking.
1: Well, the thing is that I feel I still think that there is a need for. Gatekeepers to a certain degree. I don't, I don't even like the term gatekeepers, but you need to have tastemakers. You need to have something because it's just to keep the discipline or the media or the art or whatever you want to call it in the right form. There's echelons and everything. There's layers, there's plateaus and everything. And, and you have to look at it and you have these people that are any deep in it. Mm-hmm. Let's say fucking collecting sneakers. Bro. Mm-hmm. I've, I've met huge people that are into collecting sneakers. I don't know shit about sneakers. No. I don't. I find it fascinating yeah. because these motherfuckers will talk your ear off. Yeah that's and what show i show you fascinating shit. about it yeah yeah like so you should like dude look at these these are air force one blah 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 i don't fucking remember half of it my nephews are in the shoes yeah so they're like oh because this is this one yeah but you got the one with this streak but not this thing but 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 and yeah. i'm like wow i don't know and i can just imagine this is like how i saw when i talk about comic books like an asshole <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well you didn't get to humans number 44 <laughs> His <laughs> um his <laughs> appearance, it's just, you know, so I always respect that. And there's a reason to have somebody like we we're talking about salts or like as art critics or as curators, you know, or even as artists. Uh, did you see that video of Jenny Seville talking about um, Renoir? No, I think it was Rembrandt or one of these paintings and how she was studying his paintings. Uh, Renoir mm, or something it remember. was like a video that came out I'll send it to you. I thought it was great because she was saying how relative it was to her work. yeah so there's always a, a sense of taste making like I look at David Cho or uh, Ashley Wood or any of these artists and I'll listen I'll look at them. There's artists that I don't even fucking agree with yeah like I don't even like where they're coming from but I, I, I watch and read everything they are doing because I want to process it myself and see where they're coming from. You know, writers like Henry Rollins or Warren Ellis, I don't agree with them a thousand percent. There's times I disagree with them, but it's great to fucking hear it, you know, because you want to hear that other side. So I think that there's a a need for that. And I but I think when somebody says I'm a curator, mm-hmm. that's a big deal. It is because you go back to the idea of, like I said, an artist says this is important. So what a curator does And say this is the artist that is important. Yeah. Or this is the piece that is important. It's the dialogues that should be So there's like whoa. Like that's where people can make or miss. Because this is like a DJ mixing music. Or imagine you came to a restaurant and be like, I'm gonna tell you what you're gonna eat. Yeah. What? (laughs) Like, you know, but what do they do in a
2: fucking high-end sushi
1: place? Yeah. You don't fucking
2: pick what you want. Cause I'm going to feed you. Yes. Yeah.
1: And that's where a curator comes in at the highest form. Yeah. You know, this is where an art professor comes in at the highest form too. This is where I was saying, like I was, I was thinking about it today. It was when I was in the shower, I was like about Aramis O'Reilly. Yeah. And how great of a fucking professor and teacher he that was. That
2: guy is just <laughs> that guy, bro. <laughs> Amazing.
1: I I think if I was ever like suicidal on the head, edge of a ledge or something like about to jump off, be like, "Bring me here, Mr. Riley. <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> you talk me off <laughs> this fucking ledge. Come on, just come over here. Yeah. Let's just, you know, Discuss was like, all right. He, he would just be okay.
2: like, "Oh, look, it's him FaceTiming you." God damn it! Okay, I'll take that too. <laughs> I'll take <laughs> it. I'll take it. Fuck. It'd just be hilarious when Aramis
1: comes out. Jump, nigga! Yeah. <laughs> like what? Like,
2: damn, really? <laughs> Shit. He goes, well, "Well, you have two options. You could jump, but you could also get off." Was what are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, damn, fucking Aramis. So right. again, yeah.
1: so but that. What does Aramis O'Reilly do? He, he, where? I always saw him or Robert Lorcher or these artist, other artists, teachers, art teachers I had. Why, why were they so great? Because they didn't teach you a point of view. They taught you how to use your point of view. Like, you know, why do you give a shit about this? Why is this important to you? Why is this? And break that down and make you better. Yeah, that, because of that,
2: I agree with that. And yeah.
1: I think that's amazing. And I think, okay, as a curator, you have a chance of making society better. Mm-hmm. And we could sit there and, and I don't know if there's a, Curator, fan, fucking fanboy, fucking place to go to because you know what somebody does at LACMA Mm -hmm. and what somebody does at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, Mm -hmm. you know, that you could argue, okay, why are we looking at LACMA? Why are we looking at this? What's happening at the Whitney? Yeah. Or what you know, Whitney Bianna, who was behind that? Why are we looking at this work? You know, and and again, so that to me is a huge deal. I mean, and I think they're realizing that. Like, I think the art world's realizing that. Art Basel did those little videos with, like, these different curators and the people explaining. And they were very fluid. And they were very good in camera to talk to you about. You know, I think it was Art Basel, like, Hong Kong or one of those.
2: Yeah, they do it, the, the whole, as yeah. a brand. Yeah. yeah,
1: and it was like, oh, look at this shit. Yeah. I, I liked it. I thought it was great.
2: Remember, a lot of it is, yes, but it's not that they didn't understand this before. It's just now like technology is so readily available. Yeah. Well, now that you're able this is
1: where, where it's awesome because now you can be, <coughs> oh, I'm sorry, a curator. You can be an art critic. You can be all these things with out the printing press. You don't need to be New York times to be an art critic. You open a blog, go to Blogspot, go to WordPress, go to Tumblr
2: on your Twitter. Instagram, Twitter. Yeah. Just on Twitter. You know, yeah.
1: and, and I always thought if there was an art critic in Miami who had an Instagram and just went and took pictures and wrote yeah. what he thought, yeah. And that would be an amazing Instagram. I like that that would be something I would follow fucking every every time.
2: It yes, it would be, but then you need you need the right person and you need you need to have someone that's at least well versed in Okay. In in the idea of wanting to be well versed. Mm-hmm. Right. Like even if the thoughts aren't concrete mm-hmm. in what they're saying, but at least they're honest and they're accurate to the how they see it, that would be worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and then again, it would, it would be show, of value to people. Yeah.
1: The sh- yeah, exactly. There, there you go. You just stole the words out of my mouth. It's, it's, it's they get the value. They yeah. show the value. Why is this important? Why is this important? And there's and there's times that you have to look at stuff and there's times that there's things importance come and go. They come and go. They change. For a while, the impressionists were hot. Then no one gave a fuck about impressionists. Then impressionists come back. Cubism, Picasso. Now, like, Picasso now is a brand. He it was always a brand. Even when brand. he was alive. What was that latest piece sold for? Like yeah. fifty four million or something like that.
2: The, oh, that was a while ago. Forty nine. Forty nine million. Yeah. The one that we said that we used to talk about. I think
1: no. The one that we saw was the the, the set. That was the plate. It was like a plate, a ceramic, and then the painting. That wh- and it went were, for a hundred
2: and nine million. That we were talking about, like who would buy that? Sh- where was that? Was a long <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, that was a long time ago because we yeah. ended
1: up at that bar that was on top of that building. Yeah, <coughs> and I remember we were talking about it. And that building, no, the the op the auction went for one hundred and twelve million. That building on South Beach was worth a hundred and nine million. <laughs> yeah <coughs> and i was like just imagine that a plate of paint oh, i forgot the, the set because it was like a set of stuff it was like a plate by picasso a, a painting and something else it was a small it was going for 109 million
2: and that building is the same
1: they were 112 million went for 3 million more so just imagine like if you yeah. bought a fucking mansion on star island for 15 million dollars That's not enough to hold this thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you'd have to build a wing to fucking hold this.
2: Or it is, but it's, like, you'll know, like, that shit is worth more than my house. 10 times, 15 times. What do you think about that? Let me me grab a beer. Hold on. Yeah. What do you think about art and the value of art? Like, art costing that much. Because some people think that's, like, the death of it.
1: I think it is something to, to to say about muela <laughs> It's something to say about lando muela algo wow. and I because why else would you buy it at 109 million
2: because it's worth that much no it's worth that much yeah. oh yeah
1: definitely but that's muela that's not practical it's not it's not water it's not bread it's not food it's food for the mind for sure obviously but it, it's something that's great but 109 million yeah 109 million like i keep going through that number yeah like that's insane now the the thing is is that the truth of the matter is there are a lot of rich fucking people in the world yeah there are a lot of them and then some people are richer than others and and one thing is a millionaire that's whatever now i think we've had like I think we're in the in the time of like the most millionaires ever or something somebody said that statistically there's like wow. a shit ton of millionaires or something wow. like millionaires now is passe oh my God. so now we're getting into billionaires and they literally have to move money like they got to buy that art piece they have to buy that yacht because they have to put their money in something yeah so when i'm looking at this i just kind of like say well yeah that's that somebody's saying, I'm going to put $109 million in this. I know it's going to make my money back in 20 years. There's a way of storing it. Yes. And who's to say they're going to even display it or they're going to even put it? This is not going to a museum. This is not going to a gallery or a space in their wall. They say this is going to go into a vault in a fucking, you know.
2: I think that's I think that's the problem that some people have with these pieces being in private collections. Yeah. Because you don't know what's gonna, ha- you don't know if the public will ever see them again.
1: I want to say, the first Art Basel here in Miami. I think it was what two thousand three, two thousand two. We write it? I remember because of New World or something. I had like a pass or something to go in, and at that time, Deitch Gallery. The guy who ran Deitch, Jeffrey Deitch. Jeffrey Deitch. I was working for him. I actually did some work for him because mm-hmm. he did a thing at the free spirits bar and I got to put some pieces up or something. And then I was helping. I had a pick. I had that pickup back then. That was when I had the, the red Ford Ranger and uh, I would take stuff for him back and forth from the gallery to the beach and mm-hmm. everything else. And I remember I get being able to get in early, you know, like shit was up. I was able to walk around the actual show in the Miami my beach convention center. And I was looking at the pieces and I'm looking at different stuff, and there was a Toulouse Trek piece. Yeah. And I went, what the fuck? Like, I've never seen this piece before. It was one of his posters. Yeah. I go, this is never, I've never seen it. What, where did this come from? Like, nah, that's not Toulouse Trek. This is like, the like guy's like, no, it's just been in a private art collection this whole time. Like, no one has rights to look at this, and we're selling it now. And I'm just like, hmm. And that was the one I told you that after I helped him like a shit ton of times, he was like, hey, do you want a drink? I'm like, yeah, I could use one. He gave me his pass and he yeah. goes put it on and goes, go to, I think it was the dealer's fucking bar, like the art dealer bar. Go get whatever the fuck you want to drink. Yeah. So I'm a cheap date, so I just go over to get beers. But there was a woman there next to me, and I struck up a conversation with her, and she was jamming, and we were like, da 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 da, all this shit. And then she was there, and then she went to. Attend to business. She was representing a construction company. It was like the second largest construction company, and they had just built their new headquarters in like Berlin or something like that. And so they said, you know, they need art for the lobby. So yeah. they, her job was to buy art for it. And literally was sitting there talking to somebody. And I, I, I want to say maybe Gagosian or one of these fucking galleries was there. And she just had one. <clears throat> me being a nosy fuck, looking over. I see you're taking out like one cashier's check after another at a hundred and twenty thousand two hundred and twenty thousand three hundred and twenty thousand one after another. Yeah. there was probably like at least a million dollars yeah in, in for sure that she was spending right there yeah. and this is before the show was even opening. People were still nailing stuff to walls, you know you still had people putting up drywall, you yeah. know, and I'm like, holy shit, like where am I? <laughs> you know and i I mean, it should be worth that much
2: that's the real I, art world man. that's
1: the other thing too i mean as artists should it not be prized in that way now is all art prized no of course not not everything that's made under the, the sun is perfection and not everybody who says it's important but we go and look at these things and like i said an artist says this is important curator comes and says this is important and so if then finally there's the art art buyer or the person appreciating the artwork, and they say this is important i'm going to put this down yeah you know, when when we had the gallery and we talked about it, it, it was like that idea of like, we're, you're going to go live with this piece. Like, you're going to go live with this thing now. Yeah. This is a breathing thing almost, you know, and you're going to hang it in your house to look at it, you know, or your office or whatever the fuck, because for whatever reason you want to look at this. And it works in throughout everything. I do The same thing in comics or anything. If I draw a fucking Batman drawing for somebody and somebody says, I have to have that in my life, I want this. I've had um, one of the things I do. I take a razor blade to my sketchbooks now, uh-huh. and I take a razor blade and I cut all the pages out, and I do just piles of artwork. And I go through it, make sure there's nothing incriminating in there, because <laughs> I write my journals sometimes in there, whatever. Mm, yeah, and uh, or phone numbers, you know, like phone numbers of people, and I like I, I block those out. But then I, I do a stack of artwork that I'm willing to like give away, like either give away or or sell. And I, I go to, when I go to the cons, I, I put that stack and I'm like, Oh, this is like studio artwork. Mm -hmm. These are sketches that people want to buy. And I've had people buy sketches for 10 bucks, 20 bucks. I don't care. Yeah, This just like extra fodder and they buy and they will send me pictures afterwards of it, like beautifully framed in their house. Like they spent, they, they bought it for 20 bucks and they spent a hundred bucks framing it. And I'm like, I'm first, that's awesome. But second, it's amazing when somebody says this is important. That's a big deal. Yeah. That's it. That's something that we have to realize. And uh, as an artist, if you're struggling or you're having that problem, what is being lost in the translation when they look at your work and they're not saying this is important yet? What are you not doing? What are you not getting to? Because I'll go back to. What's his face? Steve Martin, you know, as as a comedian. He said, you know, the big secret to a lot of shit is just being undeniably good. Like, after a while, does it doesn't fucking matter what you do or how you do it? If you're like, it's like Prince. Who the fuck says they can't like Prince? It, you might not be into Prince. Yeah. You might not buy all the album of Prince. But come on, who doesn't fucking like Purple Rain? Yeah,
2: you no know? one's denying that he wasn't a musician yeah. or an idol or a star or yeah. good at what Michael Jackson. Yeah.
1: He was fucking entertaining. Say what you want about him or bass or whatever. Yeah. Fucking entertaining. Bill Cosby, he was funny. No. Yeah. Horrible fucking human being and I ends up having out, you know, finding out, but you know, so there's that, that antic I think within that that you have to be undeniably good. And I think that's where a lot of I, I that's where I don't I guess it helps me not feel bad as an artist if I don't sell as much or I don't get as far as I wanted to or going through the daily struggles of being an artist. I don't feel as bad because I go, I know I'm not there yet. I haven't. Have I put in the time? Have I done what I need to do? There, were, there was a stupid like meme thing that I saw once and I took it to heart. What was it? And it was, it was like a, an amateur practices an hour a day. <laughs> but a professional practices up to four hours a day. Like when they talk to professionals around the world, like especially musicians, they, they, they practice four hours a day. Intermediate, two hours. And there's people like Woody Allen. Woody Allen practices his clarinet two hours a day. No matter what, like he's on a film set, and he's like, "I'm gonna go practice my my clarinet."
2: Yeah, didn't they have a concert, or didn't he have like? Yeah, a he thing had a band. He Friday, had a band. He has a band every Friday night or yeah, Saturday night. Yeah. They would play.
1: Yeah, and that was like, I was like, "Holy shit!" And I look at Kim uh, Kim Jong as an artist. Guy's Wizard fucking sorcerer that guy's yeah. a fucking witch it's a robot i would have dunked him in water already i would have been like yeah. that man take his face off he's a robot
2: he's one of these Westworld robots yeah, yeah.
1: but what did he say he practiced three hours a day at minimum Do you imagine three hours a day? you know but you know what kind of luxury that is to me yeah. that's a huge luxury that you yeah. can sit there for three hours and just draw and draw and draw
2: i think that brings to mind uh I think Warren Buffett reads, or he's he's said in an interview or something that he reads four hours a day, mm-hmm. and like just I think it's reading um, companies, potential companies, and to invest and in, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, nah. every day, not nah. like
1: yeah, you don't half-ass it. There's like enough. just every day, every day. Yeah. Well, Warren Buffett was famous for if he came to you and talked about your company, he would know everything. He already knew. Thing. Like shit that you're like, what the fuck? Like we didn't have that in a report yet. Like we haven't talked about that. Oh, I saw, I saw uh, Standard Oil was looking at your patent for them.
2: I think people overlook the the amount of effort that needs to be put in order mm-hmm. for you to succeed at the highest of levels.
1: In everything. Like in we do. Everything and everything and everything. It's attention also. It's attention. Is this, this is the reason why I guess it gets into that passion thing and when you really give a fuck... Like you will make time, you will figure a way to learn something and know something because you're passionate about Mm -hmm. it. And if you have the time to do it, you will do it. You will find a way to do it. And that's the, I think the difference between, that's what I I don't, some people look at talent and what they can do and how well they draw and all this other crap. And let's say you have affinity to play guitar, affinity to do whatever the fuck, but passion. I don't want to go to the Rudy route Mm-hmm. Where we're talking about heart, but that passion that no matter what I'm gonna knock you down a hundred times and you get up a hundred and one Shit, you know, what am I gonna do? And that's the thing. That's where I, I feel it And that's come there's people that like we've had artists or young artists, especially that come in and they want to work with us Or they want to do this and once we start telling them. Hey, man, well, you got to do this. You got to do that Hey, come in and do this and you know, you want you you want to work here. You want to do something cool and they're already like, uh, well, that's too much work. That's too much. Uh, no, that's too early. That's too late. That's like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I thought you wanted this. You know, I don't get into that because that's their personal decision. Yeah, I don't feel like I'm in the place to be like, uh, where the fuck are you? But, but that's, you what, got I'm an already. that's yeah. what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Like, oh, okay. And by the same token, and I of counted in one hand, the gung ho motherfuckers that I've had. Then I'm like, holy shit, this kid. Like, there's a kid named Nashmi, Nashmi Marquez. He actually did a Bubba the Redneck Werewolf for us. That kid is like the most nerdy, like, hey, what's up, guys? What's going on? But he is so fucking funny. He's so fucking smart, but he's quite a shit. Yeah. He, doesn't talk, he doesn't talk, doesn't say shit to anybody. Motherfucker opens his mouth, I crack the fuck up because he's so on it. And he's so cool. He's a cool person. Like, I'm yeah. like, oh, you're cool fuck. Like, this guy. I like this fucking kid. Like anybody who fucks with him, will chop their head off. Like, uh, and but he's a great artist. Yeah. And he'll just walk in and he's like, "Well, I'm working on this book, and I'm like, dah, 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 dah. And I'm like, "All right, show me some pages." I'm thinking, "Hey, you got two or three pa- fucking thirty pages into like a, a book." I'm like, "What the fuck, man?" And good pencils, good fucking, right on, you know. And that's a guy that I go, "Hey, man," because he'd be like, you need help at Supercon?" He'll call me. Like, "Yeah, hey, yeah, can you show up Friday?" He's like, "Okay." And we show up, and he's like already at the booth. Like how the hell did you even get in you didn't even, even got a badge he just he's just like I'm, I'm here like i'm here to work yeah and he'll sell comics and he will sell it and i'm like oh dude and i go dude if i had like five of him <laughs> like i've had five Nashmies, i'll take over the fucking earth and there's guys that are like that there's people that are, that are that show up they do the job they do the work i don't have to look at them twice i don't have to say shit to them they just do the work and they're they're on it like that's the thing that's necessary and I, I think if you can't consider yourself in that group, find a way to be. And that's a, really a lot of problem with a lot of artists, and a lot of people out there, everybody I talk to, especially I guess at the civilian level, I look at it like a civilian and artist, you know, yeah. and I look at the civilian level and a lot of people are so afraid of just expressing themselves.
2: It's hard
1: singing a it's song, hard. writing a poem. Some people write and they write and write and then like, they don't want to show it to anybody. I'm like that's not the fucking point. That's not the point of doing that. You know, I mean, if you write for yourself, fine, right, go for it. But if don't don't languish because you're afraid of what people have to say, like that's the stupidest thing in the world.
2: It's very, th- it's very that whole art thing. Like art, you know, they're their own worst critic. It's, I don't think it's an artistic thing. I think it's a creative thing. Mm-hmm. I think creatives are plagued with self-doubt
1: no um i think as creatives we're just like we got to do this or we die yeah like i think there's a certain level to it i i want to say not jack kerouac but uh this other artist but uh bukowski bukowski used to say it like bukowski you do it because if you don't you'll die like you fucking feel like something's gonna happen to you you know i get depressed like if i had like two or three days without drawing because I was busy with work, and I'm busy with the shop, and I'm busy with this, and I don't at least doodle. I get fucking depressed. Really? Yeah. I get, like, fucking, like, something's wrong with me. I mean, back in the day, Karina used to even fucking tell me, like, go fucking draw. Like, something's wrong with you. Like, you're pissy as shit. Like,
2: and that, that's what it is. You haven't yeah, drawn.
1: because that's my meditation. That's my place to go to. I sometimes will sit there, and I have recognized that. I sometimes sit there with my sketchbook, and I'm drawing nonsense. I'm just literally... Uh, this guy, Batman with his dick out. Mm, you know, like, whatever, you know? And But I'm happy, and I get into a very good cognitive thing. Like this, I feel like my part of my brain turns hard if I don't draw. And when I draw, it turns liquid again, and now it flows. <laughs> you know, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, I know yeah, that's yeah. the most weird, no, esoteric yeah, way, but I feel like that's, you know... And when I get when people ask me, like, you know, when people are surprised at my age because I don't look 41, you know, like, oh, you don't look 41. Oh, my God, I thought you were 30. I go, look, I think it's that. There's something in me that's very youthful, very fluid, and it stopped me from, from getting there. Plus, I don't have kids and shit like that. So <laughs> I think, you know. That keeps you young. That keeps me very fucking young. I look at my brother and he's like melting. Mm. Uh, he's just like, "What the fuck?" I look at him like, "We're not that old." I mm. look, at him, "How the fuck are you that old?" Kids, bro. Yeah, uh, kids. Uh, kids. It's like, yeah, I got two teenage, teenage sons. Asshole. What do you think is gonna happen? Um, but yeah, I, I think a lot of it. And uh, you know, people have said like they'll rather skydive than talk in public. You know, like shit like that. I have no problems with that. Yeah. I, luckily, when I was like. When I was twelve, and I got into New Orleans Middle School, I went through the magnet program and all this other shit. Bob Robert Lorcher was my teacher. He told me, like, told my mom straight up, "Your son's very brave. Your son's just not afraid of attacking things. He's not afraid of doing stuff. He's not like I wasn't. I had like grabbed a sketchbook. I just went at it with markers. Like, I, I, this is where he then he had to rein me in and say, okay, now you need discipline and you need the form and you know you need to learn these things and have patience. Yeah. And I told you, like, one of the first drawing assignments I had was uh, a still life of like. Light bulbs, which is a pain in the dick. If you ever draw a light bulb, then make it perfect on each side without it looking like a cartoon. Yeah, it's really hard. Yeah, um, and I was drawing it, and I grabbed like the six B. I, I don't think they had the seven or eight B's, but I would have grabbed an eight B. I got like a six B, a four B, and a two B, and fucking like I practically lithographed drew this fucking thing, like yeah, and dug into it, and it was just black on black on black. And it's like okay. It was a crappy. Drawing at 12 years old, the still life of light bulbs. But Rob, you know, Bob saw that and he said, What the fuck? Like, what, you know, you, and I, then I did it in a day. It was supposed to be like the week's project. Yeah. Like, you're going to draw this for the week.
2: Yeah. I, w- I really want you to look at it and figure yeah, it out. look
1: yeah. at it and take your time and draw it. I didn't. I was like, Man. He goes, All right, do it again. This is fine. You're going to turn it in. You pass. Yeah, you, you get your A, but you're going to do it again. And this time, you're going to use a 4H, a 2H, yeah. and not even HB. I think it was an H. And that's all you have. But I want the same values. I want the darkness. I want, cause it was like three, four light bulbs put together like kind of like head to head, and then like a light over here, oh, and that's it. God, what a and I was like, I had to, like the shadows the had light coming through it. So you had the shadow of the light bulb, but there was light coming through the light bulb. Because it was those white incandescent ones. Yeah,
2: plus it sh- bounces everywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a and it was
1: shiny, and he was like, and I want you drawing this for the next week. Like, you don't draw anything else. You do this, and that's it.
2: Oh, what a nightmare. And amazing.
1: I and for me to slow down, to throw my gears down like that, to that degree. And it was a great, great, great exercise. It really taught me to, like, I guess it's like, you know, in movement class or in dancing, how to control your breathing how to you know, make sure you don't overexert yourself you know they like know your limits and like really pace yourself that's a big deal that's where discipline comes in as an artist that's discipline and that's a that's another fucking thing that a lot of artists lack you know what was the the famous saying you know amateurs wait for inspiration pros show up
2: yeah yeah like
1: yeah. that i i believe that totally yeah. there's so many times that i don't want to Fucking do shit by the same thing that I'm craving drawing. Luckily, I have that drawing. There's times I don't want to draw, I don't want to fucking draw. I want to go play video games, I want to go play Apex Legend and, and talk shit with my friend. And I'm at a comic book shop. You know, how many times there's I have a million to a day, things
2: to do that you know, it's just there's scroll
1: some. through Instagram and eat shit. You know, yeah. like you could do that for hours and think yeah. you're productive yeah. and think you're productive. Oh, well, I was watching you know, uh, research, the, uh, research, you know, <laughs> comic strips and shit. So, it, you can do that for hours. So. I understand it, but then when that part of you says, you know, you make this time for that, you go and say, Okay, uh like I, I literally like we'll get out of work and I'm already like gym, food, home, shower, fucking draw. And I, I literally break it down. Like I literally like by eight thirty I should be drawing. Like eight thirty I should be good. Like eight forty five I'm already pissed at myself. Like what the fuck? I finished eating, I finished doing this, all right, all right, what am I working on? And I'm thinking in the gym, what am I working on? I got to draw this page, should I do the black on it, should I do this, I should attack it with the pen first, then they'll do the wash, then do the ink, remember to use it, and I'll be, like, oh, remember John wanted to use that phrase in this panel, so we got to keep room for I'm like thinking all these little things. Yeah. My, and I'm like lifting weights, I'm running, I'm on a fucking elliptical doing shit. I'm there eating whatever the fuck I mean, Chipotle, whatever the fuck I'm eating. And then I'm like, all right, like, I'll get pissed at the Uber driver. Like, I gotta get home by 30. Like, you know, like You're not cutting
2: at, into my drawing
1: time. <laughs> time yeah. <laughs> so that like nine o'clock and now I'll even say, all right, I'll be chill. Like I'll put Hulu on in the background and be like watching a show like preacher or something or, or YouTube videos in the background. Most of them YouTube hard YouTube videos. Work, it's hard to
2: work in silence, right? Why, why I that? do
1: and I don't, it all depends. There's times that if I'm doing retarded work, like I say, like the dumb work, mm-hmm. I'll just be like, all right, this is dumb work today. Like dumb work is like, Oh, I'm going to just panel out this. I mean, I'm doing, I'm doing stuff, but I don't have to be a hundred percent there. Mm-hmm. If I'm drawing or painting, I need to be a hundred percent there. And I've gotten to the point that I don't, I use music, but I've gotten to the point that even music bothers me.
2: Really? That has I, to be silence?
1: I'm totally silent. Wow. And it's hard because sometimes I'm working out of the studio in the shop and everybody else is there. Delitsky, Daniel Delitsky's there and he'll put on music. Sometimes it's great because he, he's an artist too. So he'll put on like certain blues music or jazz and I'm like, all right, this feeds into it. Like me and Kenny will keep our doors open and be like, hey, Delitzky, can you turn it up while you're painting? So Some of we that trickles can trickles in. Yeah, yeah. We're okay with it. But like the front is closed. I have the shutters locked. The lights are off. Like the store is closed. I'm not doing the store right now. I'm doing the painting. And because of that that's that's the excellent part. Um it's not easy though. It's not easy. Cuz it's just uh, there's times you just need that that you need to be present. I think with a painting especially. I think you need to be present when you're painting. You have to be fucking working. You know, you you you, you I don't know the process of it and everything else. I could tell when I look at a painting and I look at somebody's work, if they're present or not, are they reporting? Are they, are they there? Are they fucking yeah. there? Yeah. Or are you just fucking like phoning it in? And I, I, I can't say I can do it with all artists, obviously, no. but there's artists that I have followed long enough. And it's, it's amazing to me. Cause at least that's a kink in the armor. When I see like somebody like maybe David Cho, maybe Ashley Wood, maybe like, I don't know, even like graphic designers, like David Carson, you know, the guys that I follow, people that I follow that work that I like. And when they do something and I go, ah, you're phoning it in like, this is a, this is a piece of shit. Or there was something interesting there, but this is not your best work. This is obviously an afterthought. Yeah. You were like, oh, let me take an Instagram picture of this. Cause it's interesting. And I need to post something.
2: I need to have something up. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: yeah. I could tell, like you could tell yeah, because then when you see the finished work, it's a whole other beast. You know, it's a whole other beast so I can, I can tell. And that's fine because that's like, oh, okay. That shows you humanity there's a, uh, <laughs> there's a guy, his name is, uh, Russell Noelty and he's a, a big evangelist about publishing, self-publishing indie comics. He's actually a great source for indie comics. If mm-hmm. anybody ever wants to get into it, he's done a lot of kickstarters and mailing lists. He's, he's a great, great, great fucking guy. Cool as shit. And then it was funny is we knew each other on Facebook for years. I finally met him at San Diego Comic-Con and we were like, "Hey man, what's up?" and he's like and he he kind of talks like uh, like the guy from Everybody Loves Raymond, you know? He's just like, hey, man, what's up?" you know, like, hey, you know, like this. Raymond or the brother? Raymond, like oh, Raymond. Raymond yeah, like, yeah, yeah.
2: Hey, you know, hey, I got a thing like and everything. Ray Romano?
1: Yeah, Ray Romano. He has that yeah. Ray Romano voice, you know? <laughs> and I didn't notice it. I was like, "Oh shit." All right. But he was so like positive and he's on this shit and he's like you know, I'm like, man, this guy's just like his videos. He's always like, get out there. You, gotta, you know, saw the books, you know, blah, blah, blah. But he does really well. He does shows, and he's 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 killing it. He's fucking killing it. He goes to shows, sells his shit, goes to shows, sells his shit. That's I'm like, Dad, that's what I want to do. Fuck it, A. Hey. Um, and and it was just funny. To me, it was a great moment because he was there setting up a San Diego Comic-Con, and he pulls up his banner thing. This, you know, those wheelie banners, like, you go like this. And he pulls it up to put the tube on it, and it fucking snaps on the fucking bottom. Just breaks. Mm-hmm. And it just comes off in his hand. Fuck. And he just goes livid. He's like, this piece of shit, motherfucker. Like, I'm like, holy shit. Like, I never think I've heard him curse. And just hear him like, "Motherfucking piece of shit, cocksucker. Like, dude, I was like, oh, fuck. All right, you're human. All right, I like you more. right? He was, like, apologizing. Like, oh, I'm sorry for cursing. Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's a show I'm setting up, and this thing falls apart. I mean, we helped him, like, set up. Like, oh, we'll tape it, and you'll have your banner this way. And everything. You know, but he was like, and it's great because I'm like, oh, you're a human being. Yeah, you get frustrated like I do. Okay, I'm not the only asshole. Because when I see all these guys are all positive and positive and positive, they fucking are. I'm like, fuck, man, I can't do it. I like, I I feel start feeling maybe I can't do this shit because I'm not this positive all the time. I'm not. And I tell people that all the time, they see the comic shop, they see what I do. They see the thing. It's like, Oh, this is having a gung cool attitude. Like, dude, I have plenty of doubts. Yeah. There's plenty of times I sit there, especially like, you know, like when you're looking into the darkness and the darkness looks back a fucking situation of, uh, going, what the fuck have I done with my life? You know, where I'm like, Oh shit, I've made certain decisions that have led me to here.
2: it's no turning back. now. And I'm either. like,
1: Oh fuck, you yeah. know? So because of that, I have to like recognize and say, all right, like, am I okay with this? All right. I am cool. They like, go for it. But I want to see some humanity. I want to see some humanity sometimes. So that's the only thing um, that, 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 that was, that was a very good moment. Just seeing that from my sort healthy, like nicest guy in the world. It was fucking really cool. He's not always on Facebook, like doing some new project or some shit.
2: Where can, where can people find you? Let's wrap this up. Where can people find you on Number, social media? Where yeah, can, social where's mania? the store? Tell them about the store. Cause you just okay. made four years. Yeah. Your well, own.
1: all right. So Goblin's Heist was originally made four years ago in 2015. Damn, dude, that's so long ago. That is amazing, yeah, dude. because I remember I, 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 I was laid off from my old job when I was working for a private art collection.
2: one when you first opened, right? That yeah. day, That night yeah. was like the opening. Yeah,
1: the opening. That was on yeah. May fifteenth, 2015. Fucking so Because I remember by 2020, awesome. 20, yeah, 2015, I got laid off. And uh, they gave me great severance pay. And John, that guy knew this guy, Xavier, who was running the tattoo shop and he was like, he wanted something different in the front. What could if we rented it and we kinda of rented the store with it, but it ended up becoming a partnership. Like yeah. we could work together. Cause Xavier was a cool and I wanted to cover his back and he wanted to cover my back and we were getting along. So I'm like, all right, cool. So then we went into to doing Goblin's Heist. And then um we did that. That was twenty fifteen. Yeah, twenty fifteen. Oh, that we started that. And that was in Ohio Gardens. And then it mutated from Goblin's Heist to tattoos and comics because we, we ended up merging the tattoos and comic book side together so we can run it together. Because it, it ended up being like I was running the store. I was running the whole store. I was managing everything. He was tattooing. He had to, you know, be on that. So I was managing that for him, too. Yeah. So I was helping him with the appointments and the clients and everything else. And then the clients and the comic book clients are the same clients. You know, they like come in to buy comics and they might come in to get tattoos. So we ran that for, for for about a year and a half together. Then we made the move to Hialeah. And we had so many snags, so many problems, mostly with permits, mostly with the health department, everything they're doing with tattooing. And at that time, then we got hit by that hurricane six weeks that we were like fucking no sales. Nobody was because before the hurricane, during the hurricane and, and after, after the hurricane, we had money to buy a comic book. Yeah, we had water damage from the roof. We lost like three thousand dollars of merchandise. Like I was like, I, it was a bunch of shit. And so we were just like, okay. And by then he had to make ends meet. And I was like, I think I literally was Ubering just all the fucking time. I was just Ubering all the time just to make money. So I was just like, he was looking for money. So then what he did was he was working with BadFellow tattoo up in uh, Broward and it was going off for him. He was doing great. So after a while, I go, look, bro. Like, if this is better for you, go fucking do it that, over there. Cause Hialeah, you know, that was a problem too. A lot of people came in for tattoos, and they want a tattoo on their neck that says no regrets, you yeah. know, and fucking for fifty bucks. It's like, yeah. no, dude, we don't do that shit. No, you know, or like they want a sleeve for a hundred dollars, you know, like they go say, I'm, cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he was like, fuck it. He had high implant so that's where tattoos and comics ended, and he ended up going there. But we kept Goblin's Heist open because we were there under a HUD grant through the city of Hialeah, thanks to Carlos Hernandez and everything else. So because of that, and help, you know, waking up the area and get people to come in. So when we started doing that, Dan stayed on. Dan Margolis is my other business partner. He stayed on. And then it was uh, Julio Alvarez, John, you, and myself. And we're the four owners, and we kept running that. And then so we had the comic book shop, Creature Entertainment in the back, Goblin's Heist in the front. So we had the store, and we had the studios. And we ran it like that for years, man. It was fucking, and it's been good. There's been highs and lows. People have come and went, nothing bad. But sometimes, like, you know, Jose Veris used to have a studio with us, and he left because literally takes care of his daughters at home while he draws. Yeah. So it's like, dude, you know, why am I coming all the way over here? I'm like, dude, no problem, you know?
2: And you just made four years, and you guys are now in East Hialeah?
1: Yeah, East Ah. Hialeah, 5th and and Palm Avenue, right in front of the Miami City Hall. We're next to the Family Dollar. (laughs) Nice. You know, but that's the thing. I like being in Hialeah. That was my whole point was being a Hialeah comic book shop. I didn't want to be anywhere else. Because some people told me, oh, it'd be better if you went to Perrine or You're better you went to North Miami or you better. That's their comic book shops. They're, they're, the villains used to be in North Miami. That's cool. They, you know, they recently closed Gauntlet's out there. That's a cool guy. Go buy your comics there. by FIU, Quarka, Steve. I know those guys. Steve, Rich, Juan, all of them. Go buy your comics there, man. I, I tell people, hey, go buy your comics there. Yeah. But I'm a Hialeah comic book shop.
2: Am it's I important thinking? for you to be there. You yeah, want to be uh, there. I was,
1: you know, born, raised, and this is my fucking place. You yeah. know, and I'm like, here, I'm like, nobody can fucking trick me or fuck with me or nothing. And and it's funny because I see these older guys that come in and, and we talk and it's like, oh, you remember Charlie's comics? Do you remember Fresh Comics? Like all these old Hylia, So I'm like, hell yeah, I grew up practically there. So there was that. That's it's like
2: you're that carrying me. that torch. Yeah. Really? because
1: I want to keep that going because my thing is it's sad that Hialeah doesn't have a bookstore. Mm-hmm. They should be a bookstore. There are people that, you know, and in Miami in general, there's books and books, of course, and Barnes and Nobles. Okay. And I, yeah, we make make the whole argument about brick and mortar versus online and all that other shit. But I think there's something to be said about a city without a bookstore. Yeah. You know, there used to be La Moderna Poesia on, on 8th. That was a, you know, they used to have like Rare books, poetry books, all this stuff in Spanish. Yeah. They don't have that anymore. So I would like to do that in the future, to do something like that as a bookstore, and especially in Spanish and everything. I just don't know enough to do it. Yeah. But I think it would be very, very, very useful to people because they're the, the it, it's our culture, and it's what should be represented in some way. And that's what we're doing with the shop, too. Little by little, we're also a gallery. We also show the artwork of the artists. We also show local products of everybody. The Hialeah shirts, the, the HIA, and then it's Princess Leia. Yeah. Hialeah. That's done by Chris uh, Placeres from Livid Tease, you know, We have video games from Retro Cult, which is a, a video game company that, that, that does stuff. We represent those artists. Like, I think that's, that's where you're going to win. Because sometimes people even think, like, oh, you're being such a good guy. You like the community. No, I want to win. I want to make money. And no. the way I'm going dif- to th- also differentiate myself from all these other comic book shops is, I got stuff that they don't have. Yeah. I have t-shirts. I have pins. I have stuff that nobody has. Oh, check it out. Oh, shit. You want that? Oh, that shirt looks really cool. where would you get? It? Goblin's Heist. So I got to go there. That's the the thinking that people have to do when they do a business. Why the fuck
2: you? Why you? Why you? They bring value to the yeah, table. You bring value. Otherwise- if, you were,
1: uh, uh, if you were were, were uh a shoe shiner right now. Who the fuck shines the shoes right now? Nope. But what if I I could get your old crappiest fucking sneakers that you had and I made them brand fucking new, bro? They look great. They even fit it better. You'd pay good money for that shit. Yeah. Hey, you got to scope. That would be, that's what it is. You bring fucking value. You bring something. And you have to expand. You have to I was constantly change in business. You have to constantly say, okay, what's the next thing? What is it? And that's going to be partnered with M.I. Brewery, with Tripping Animals, with different uh Magic City Casino. We've done shows for all those places. And we say, hey, we have a comic book shop. We can sell comic book stuff. Uh, and are you down? Uh, what's this place called? Uh The Sit Down and Eat Cinema Place. Shit. <laughs> I forgot the name of it, but we worked with them a bunch of times where we just fucking went and showed up. Put our comic books. I, you just saw the Avengers Endgame. You walk outside, here's pops, here's comics. You want to know where that came from? Here's the comic book that it was in. Let me, you know, let me tell you. And this is the other thing. I, and I'm very proud of this fact. We have like 35, 40 reviews on Google, all five star. We have like 15, 16 on Yelp, all five star. And everybody says, super useful, guys, know, su- uh, super knowledgeable, everybody helpful. That's my main thing. Like yeah. I've screamed at employees that we've had. For challenging people and I understand that little nerdy fucking well you don't know what this is <laughs> okay fine I understand that level but that shit doesn't belong here yeah we're here we're evangelists this is a church we're making new followers and believers that's how I tell them you need to put that in your fucking mind and put that always in front you're here to evangelize you're here to sell this shit that's a it needs so they need that need this you yeah. know what i'm saying i don't want them to be like oh that's kind of cool no i want them to be like i my life is not complete without that thing yeah and that's what i want and i want them to be fans so that no matter what happens it's not to take their money but that they'll always come back because i can always like my father said you know you can rip people off but you can only do it once yeah i'd rather make them fans and that they were like oh fuck yeah i like going there because i always have a joke they're always talking shit. i can eat something fucking weird because we'll have like Pocky and japanese shit or weird sodas no one else has that you know we had to expand into that and then oh and and they always have art going on there's somebody drawing some shit in the back there's camaraderie there's a bar we have a little bar in the back we sit there
2: it's a place where you want to go and hang out yeah yeah and And you could also happen to pick up a comic book or or a toy or or a book or or original drawing the other day
1: he came in like pretty much literally went to google and went comic book shop and it came up and it was like nine o'clock at night. We were ready to close, but we were still there talking shit. He mm-hmm. came in. I go, hey man, what's up? Oh, is it closed? I'm like, nah, nah. We're sometimes open late, something, whatever. And I had to talk to him, and he's like, oh, I'm into this. I'm like, oh, I have this one. I have this one. We started talking, and we we're and me and him were like the same age, pretty much. So we we're like, oh, you know, '90s comics, McFarland toys, blah blah blah. And I was telling him about like John and what he did in the '90s for comics, and everything. so we were talking shit. And he picked up one thing, and he I saw him with like a bunch of stuff in his hand. After a while, I'm like, man, this guy's gonna. Hopefully he's going to buy this and like, whatever I had to do something else. I had to go do something else. But one of the other guys at the store, you know, he, he handled it and he, uh, did, you know, I told me, hey, you know, give him 10% off. But I wanted to do my thing. He came, I came out and he was leaving. I, Hey man, sorry, I had to deal with something with a phone call, but thanks for coming. And he like, Oh my God, no, this has been wonderful. This was awesome. Best hundred bucks I ever spent in my life. Nice. And he walked out. I'm like shit. We made a hundred bucks, All right? Nice. And that guy gave us a huge review. Yeah. And now he's a regular comes back all the time. I see him every day and we always say, well, you know, that to me is what people need to be at. If you don't get that reaction, you know, in whatever you're doing in your business and what you're doing. I used to see it with artists and craftsmen, the people that just sit there looking at the board and it's cool that you're drawing, it's cool that you're making shit. But if you're not out there being personal and making that connection with people, you're going to lose out.
2: That's part of it. You got to do that too. Yeah. So mm-hmm.
1: for that, go to Goblin's Heist. Goblin's he- at Goblin's Heist. Uh, G-O-B-L-I-N-S-H-E-I-S-T on Instagram. There's The Goblin's Heist. That's the old one. Don't go to that. Go to Goblin's Heist. We just kept the old one around just in case because some people still find us through that. Um, And we're redoing the website right now. I'm in the middle of, like, designing. I'm actually trying to do a whole new design for the place. We're trying to modernize everything, especially with The Goblin and all that other stuff because we're doing more electronic gaming and we're doing some other stuff. We just got a 75-inch fucking TV. For the back, for it's ridiculous. I just sit there playing Apex, and I'm like, I can see everything. It's amazing. Yeah. Um. So we got that, and and people are just, you know, they come and hang out, and it's been good, man. It's been growing, and it took us, you know, two years in this new spot, four years overall to get to where we're, we're really maneuvering. We're really getting to where we need to be. It's it's a motherfucker.
2: But, and com for you, <laughs>
1: yeah, f w a c a t a, because it's phonetic. I did it phonetically because if you do it the other way, everyone's gonna go, fwakata? Fwakata? I'm like, no, it's not. Fwakata. Um, yeah, f w a c a t a, yeah, that's like that's my blog. I've had that for again, another thing that I'm like, what the fuck, I've had it since 2004 or something like that.
2: Damn, 15 like, years 15 strong, 15
1: years, like, damn, like, because I look at the post, it's like, you have 3,987 points, I'm like, what the fuck, like. But I have like, and then I was even thinking, oh, I'm going to jump over. I might end this. I might close it. But then I have like 1,800 followers on there, 4,800 in total that are actually on the mailing list. So I'm like, I can't fucking shit on that, you know? So I've been back to posting all the time on there. I try to post every day as far as the blog, the drawing blog. I draw daily. I just put draw daily, and that's what I draw. And sometimes it's sketches, thumbnails, doodles, whatever. It's just the show. It's for myself, really, more than anything. Because I just think i got to show the next thing. But. Readers tend to dig it.
2: It's a good record to have. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then I put up my illustration projects, my comedy projects, whatever I'm working on, it goes up there. Like, um, that's the main thing. And then, uh, th- and that'll funnel into because I'm, I'm starting to do, we're starting to do some film again. We're talking about doing more film. And me and you have been talking about podcasting and everything else. So those are, that's where those projects will go. That's where they, now, FWACATA, Fuacata is also anything online. So Twitter, I think even Snapchat. Instagram, especially Tumblr, all those so you can find me on there. Pretty much, if you put that, I come out. Yeah, you know. So I'm like, I made that my brand, my marker. You know, I'm like, fucking, if you can't, fi- if you can't find me through that, then you just don't want to find me. Um, But yeah, that's the only thing because we're working on like the next bout of films. There's some films that we want to be making and everything else. So I'm writing some stuff. I'm trying to see if I'll maybe I'll direct it. It just, dude, my asshole hurts every time I think about film. <laughs> like every it's time hard. I think about movies, I'm like uh my booty hole my booty hole don't hurt don't don't it hurts so much cuz literally like i remember doing zombie years and being in the f- my 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 family paint and body shop and we were filming in there and it was fucking like 98 degrees outside just sweating you know when your clothes are just impregnated yeah you've just sweat in them like they're not even absorbing shit anymore yeah. like you have sweat on your legs. I always say like you have sweat on your legs. Like you could see the sweating for a while, sweat in your arm and you can see the sweat. You're like, yeah, that's it. That kind of shit. I remember my asshole hurting. (laughs) Like I remember like after a weekend of shooting and we got these great shots and everything was awesome. And my asshole hurt. I had to like, I was like, dude, do I have to put cream? Like, do I, what do I do? Like, I didn't know, like, I can't show this anybody. I gotta be like, Hey man, look at my asshole. Like, you know? That kind of shit. That, I think, is it. But that's what's necessary. That's what I'm like.
2: All right. Well, there you go, man. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for taking <laughs> the time. No problem, P- man. Perfect place to end. <laughs> I have my ass already. We'll catch you later. We'll do this again. Mm-hmm. Thank you.